Hello, everybody. This is Diana Chapman here with my co-founder, Jim Dethmer of the Conscious Leadership Group. Hi, Jim. Hey, Diana. Hmm. Jim and I are here excited to interview Peter Parthenis. Peter is uh, the CEO of an organization called Grecian Delight. And Peter, we are welcome having you here. I appreciate being here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. How about you tell us a little bit about who are you and so that people just get a sense of um, your background and get, get connected to you. Great. So um Peter Parthenis, so President and CEO of a family business, so I'm second generation. Um, I lead an organization of about uh, 300 individuals uh, that are focused on really exploring the world around Mediterranean foods and bringing that uh, world of flavor around Greek and Mediterranean foods to the uh, North American and um, European markets. And uh, we pride ourselves on quality. We pride ourselves on working with uh, outstanding people and having good uh, processes and controls in our in our facility. Mm. Fantastic. And what was your original interest in CLG? How did you get familiar with this work? For me, I've always been um, an individual that's um, been open and curious around learning. So um, when you think about self-development and improving as an individual and as a leader and as a father, uh, I've always been a seeker of that information. And I was introduced to the Conscious Leadership Group and the practices uh, through the Young Presidents Organization. There were uh, very dear friends of mine that uh, I trust as advisors and are uh, really um, just wonderful individuals that introduced me to CLG. They've practiced CLG before I did for multiple years and have just uh, spoke so highly about how it's made just a transformational improvement to them personally as an individual and how it's transformed over to their business and their personal life. Mm, that's great. Yeah, so I, I sounds... actually remember that first retreat, Pete, where I think the first time I ever met you was a YPO forum retreat. And what you report about yourself was my experience of you, kind of a deep, agile curiosity, just an inquisitive mind, and a full-on willingness to – listen and step in fully. I mean, after just a couple of conversations, you kind of said, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. What does it take to bring this work into my life and into our organization, which is the way I experience you over and over again, kind of a quick you know, willingness to jump in. Yep. I think as you <laughs> mentioned, Jim, you know, one of the most um, um, traceable um indicators of individuals is somebody's ability to learn and the agility to learn. And I think that's uh, something I've uh, always sought out and uh, I've loved. It's part of my DNA. <laughs> so it sounds like you came to this work more from a vision rather than from pain, just from a deep curiosity to learn. You know, it, I would tell you it, it is a, a, a bit of both. So um, there were definitely um, pain points in my life that I wanted to get more clarity and become more self-aware around and find the tools and the resources to move through that. Um, so there was definitely uh, the pain portion uh, and some struggle. I felt stuck, uh, but then there was the vision as well. Mm -hmm. And anything you want to share about how you were feeling stuck? Because that might be valuable for others to they can relate to. So um, for me, like when I tune into stuckness, um, I really felt stuck on multiple levels. 
Uh, one, how do you create an organization that's different uh, from a cultural standpoint uh, than any other company? There was a stuckness around uh, really understanding what I wanted to do in my life, uh, knowing that I was running a family business. So there were times in my life where I thought, was this the right uh, opportunity for me? Is this exactly what I wanted to do? So uh, really exploring and getting alignment around what truly satisfies me and where, and where I want to focus my time and effort um, was a feeling of stuckness as well. And, you know, lastly, you know, again, running a family business, I did have stuckness around this feeling of obligation, this mm-hmm. feeling of obligation to be a good steward and to, uh, to continue tradition. So uh, those were some areas that created uh, some pain and frustration in my life. Mm-hmm. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. And so I know you've done a lot of things here in these last many years to change that pattern of being unstuck. And I'm curious, um, what of the 15 commitments would you say has made the most difference for you personally as a leader? You know, I, I would refer to a couple. You know, the first one is the first, one is the first commitment of taking full responsibility uh, for where I'm at in my life. Um, that took a little um, took a little time for me to really understand that, accept that, allow it, and appreciate it. Um, so I'd tell you, taking full responsibility, and then also commitment number fifteen, which is <clears throat> really being the resolution. <laughs> um, and I, I really believe those are the two uh, that I, I come to mind right now that really helped significantly. <laughs> Great. It's actually fun to hear you talk about that because uh, I see both of those being implemented in your life over the years, but I also see you really living into a number of the other commitments, like um, you're a devoted practitioner of clearing, which is commitment number four, you know, instead of, Mm -hmm. excuse me, commitment number five, instead of gossiping, we go direct and we clear with each other. And We'll talk more about this in the practices you do in your organization. One of the things I've seen is you clear. <laughs> you clear with mm-hmm. family members. You clear with your team. Uh, you know, you practice keeping short accounts and clearing with people. Yeah, and I'll tell you, now, now that you've mentioned that, I think that uh, commitment four and five, um, the candor and the clearing, I, I think that's been a game changer for me in regards to when you talk about energetics and managing your energy. Um, I was definitely an individual that was uh, unconscious, and I would, I would hold in and build the pressure of, uh, of, of withholding. And there were so many feelings and thoughts that I would just uh, not communicate or I would filter. And I think commitment four and five, I can tell you, it created such an, uh, an amazing release of uh, creative energy uh, once I started practicing candor and, and clearing that I – you know, there was a point in time where I would show up at work, and <clears throat> I could tell you about, by 10:30 or 11 o'clock, I felt shot, energetically speaking, physically speaking, <laughs> emotionally speaking, and um, I've just uh, I've moved past that. And those two uh, commitments and practicing those, um, you know, religiously, if you will, and being conscious of it, uh, <laughs> has, has been a really game changer for me, specifically around the uh, energy and capacity for energy, or more mm-hmm. energy. One of the things that I appreciate about you, Peter, is um, 
your devotion to bringing this work into your organization. So Jim was there um, coming in monthly for, was that a couple of years? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now I've been in there now for a year with you all. And um, my experience is you just keep upping your game about how um, much you want to bring this into your organization. And so um, I'm, I'd love to hear more about, from your perspective, what do you see is changing in, in an at Grecian Delight because of the 15 commitments being implemented throughout the culture? Uh, a few things come to mind uh, and a few very important things. Um, I can tell you uh, by bringing this in, and it was it was difficult to do at first uh, to get people to understand uh, and, and to get committed behind it and practice it, but I can tell you with 100% certainty that my ability and my team's ability um, to connect with each other is on a whole different level than what it was before. We can establish trust immediately. We can get clear and get aligned around expectations and objectives and feelings and thoughts. And I could tell you that has made a tremendous impact around being able to get things done as an organization, be aligned and be a higher performing uh, um, you know, team, if you will. But that alignment and connection and building trust and confidence has been um, an amazing, an amazing experience to watch to see how fast we can, we can get results now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to p- piggyback on that too. And um, again, I want to pick another commitment that I've seen you personally and your team growing. And that's commitment number six around impeccability around agreements. Mm-hmm. First of all, commitment number six also includes being aligned with your purpose. It's about integrity. And, you know, Pete, I've watched you and Diana's watched you over the years clarify and commit to your purpose, then clarify and commit again and clarify and commit again. And as I watch you, one of the things that differentiates you as a leader is you are in devotion to your life purpose. And then another aspect of commitment number six on integrity is learning to get impeccable around agreements. And that I know has been a significant area of practice for you. You know, one where you, like we say, you get on the horse, you ride for a while, you fall off the horse, and then you get back up and get back on the horse. You know, you've been a committed, you know, toddler. We toddle at this, but you keep practicing and practicing, getting impeccable around your agreements. Don't you see that in yourself? I do, and it's uh, it is uh, it's a challenging thing to do as a seven. Uh, I do like to uh, um, tackle a lot and take on a lot and overcommit. So, again, practicing that commitment number six to just be aware of when I'm overcommitting. And again, as we would say, you know, keep 90% of your agreements. Um, it's helped me, I think, uh, maintain integrity. It's helped me uh, maintain my energy, and also, uh, I just think, just be happier uh, at work. So um, that's something it's, it's, again, it's, uh, I catch myself every day thinking about that, uh, that commitment and making sure that I'm doing it from a place of presence. And it's a challenging thing to do, but it's rewarding. Mm-hmm. I know you've made some key decisions recently um, by really listening to, do I have a whole body? Yes. To the way it is. And that's one of the things that I see you've also been expanding on is listening to that intelligence inside of yourself that knows whether something is or isn't working well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, before, I'd say before the um, conscious leadership um, 
experience uh, and um, practices. You know, I can't. I could tell you with certainty. I I would. I'm a head type, right, as a type seven. So I wasn't making balanced decisions, and balanced being looking at the mm-hmm. three or four centers of intelligence. So again, being more aware of head, heart, and gut when I'm making decisions. It's it's had a tremendous amount of payoffs, and I think uh, between myself and my team, we make just more sound and more informed decisions. Mm. And Diana, great. let's just clarify, because we might have listeners who don't know the Enneagram. But yes, I was just going to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's a tool we use every place we go. From our perspective, it is the most potent tool for self-awareness, growing in self-awareness, and for understanding diversity and how our complementary personality styles work. And Peter keeps referring to a number, seven, which is the personality type that he is, and the seven is a head type. There's head, heart, and gut. Seven's a head type. And sevens are incredibly creative, imaginative, positive-oriented, very entrepreneurial in their whole energy field, which Peter is. And there's some downsides to that personality type, which he's really, really um, stepped into in self-awareness. And uh, his practice around keeping agreements is a real area of growth for people who are wired like he is, which is quite frankly, many of the people who would be listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) Peter, what are some of the practical ways the 15 commitments um, are being practiced with you and your team that you find most valuable? So um, as Jim mentioned before, um, we, we do, uh, we do clear, we try to clear often. So anytime there's a a thought or a feeling that we have that we believe that stands in the way of being in good connection with people uh, and being a high performing team and a team that's aligned around uh, expectations and support and outcomes, um, we clear. So um, there's conversations in our office around how regular do you clear and making sure that people are, uh, are, you know, walking the talk. Um, that one's something that we do. Uh, we do meet, obviously, every month with, with you, Diana, and we met with Jim to make sure that we are uh, practicing the 15 commitments and, <clears throat> and living them, um, which, is, which is extremely beneficial. We also, also do um, coaching as well. So um, we've got our uh, executive team and some people in our leadership team that are doing one-on-one coaching uh, with Diana, and uh, there's other, obviously, resources in the Conscious Leadership Group that help us, again, um, build that muscle and stay committed and stay aligned and stay conscious about what we're doing. So um, these are some practices that we do to make sure that uh, we constantly remind ourselves and are aware to, uh, you know, to live consciously, if you will. Hmm. Speaking of reminders, you really went all out. You you created an entire wall in your organization <laughs> where you put up the conscious leadership above and below the line handout. You actually put the handout up on the wall in, in big lettering for everybody to pay attention to. Uh, we did. It's uh, it's. Um... There shouldn't be a question in our co- in our company around what above the line or below the line means. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. There's also this you know, beautiful meditation room you created where there's all kinds of other content up all all around people on the walls. It's just you can't help but be aware of of um, the practices when you step into that room. Yeah, you know, it's a great room, and again, it's a great reminder and a training room as well when we bring new people in in the organization. 
um, to kind of walk them through what the Enneagram types are, what above the line, below the line means, and um, other of the uh, wonderful tools that um, the Conscious Leadership Group provides. So it serves as, in many purposes as uh, a reminder, a training ground, and also just a private and intimate space for people to actually clear uh, or to practice mindfulness and meditate. So it's uh, something that the group loves, and um, uh, it's a room that gets uh, widely used. That's great. I'm going to you know, the- I took took some pictures of those things and so I'll put those up on our newsletter so people can see visuals of what that looks like. That'd be great. The other thing I want to mention that you've done Pete uh because you know you do lead a large complex successful organization and like you mentioned at the very beginning it does have that distinguishing quality of being a family business. And for those people who listen into this there are some you know, unique things that get created when you're working with your father and your siblings in and around an organization. Uh, So many things. And twice that I know of, and maybe more twice, you have hosted a family retreat with all the members of your family invited, at least to the one that I was at. And I think at least your parents and your siblings, the first one I was at, it included uh, the in-laws as well, where you went away for a weekend to introduce and then to practice this with your entire family which (laughs) is amazing and what was that like for you i mean just for the for people who can understand the unique things of a family business could you just talk about that a little bit and kind of what your thinking was there and what's been the result of that kind of thing well for me you know i mean i um so again once i see something that uh, i truly view as valuable um, on many levels personal level uh, and, and on the business level, um, I mean, I got committed quick. And one thing I wanted to do is make sure that the people around me um, can get to enjoy the, hopefully, the same benefits that I did. So, you know, bringing my family together at first, uh, I was a little nervous and feel f- fearful around how open they would be or closed-minded they would be, especially when I was bringing my brother-in-laws uh, and, and my uh, my wife involved. But I can tell you it was a wonderful experience. Uh, once everybody understood the Enneagram types and, and got some self-awareness around that and the psychology and the human behavior around the different types and how the mind works, it uh, it was kind of like an aha moment. And, uh, Jim, I remember mm-hmm. when you were teaching in the, the fundamentals of these commitments, um, I mean, all eyes were open, all ears were open. I mean, they were so present and so open to learn that it was just, it was a remarkable and a wonderful experience for me. And what it's done is it allowed me to um, truly communicate um, my wants in this world, <laughs> my desires from a preference, uh, from a position of preference versus obligation. So it allowed me to kind of move mm-hmm. through some of the challenges that I mentioned earlier on that I felt stuck around. It allowed a an avenue and a vehicle, and there were tools that allowed me to help communicate, um, you know, and move through these areas that I was stuck. And the fact that I knew the tools and I was trained on the tools and that people around me, my family, uh, knew the tools and understood them, it just made it that much easier to uh, to just have a good, authentic conversation and express, you know, express wants and needs and, uh, you know, mm. life, you know. <laughs> Very courageous, and I have seen um, the value of those that investment in your family. Um, watching those relationships, um, I see grow in authenticity quite a bit. Yeah, I could tell you, I feel 
a deeper connection. Uh, there's no doubt about it with each person in my family uh, because of bringing conscious leadership uh, into our family life as well. Um, our ability to communicate uh, and really understand each other's uh, needs and wants, if you will, and what drives us and the feelings that we feel around certain things that happen in life. Uh, it's been a tremendous uh, resource for us to really stay connected and uh, really have a deep appreciation for each other. Mm. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, has there been anything, what's, what has surprised you the most um, as you've been practicing the 15 commitments? You know, it's, it's uh, one thing that surprised me is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough thing to do, right? So um, <laughs> it's a tough thing uh, to train yourself and others to uh, be conscious and be present. Um, so I guess the, the surprise for me was um, you really need to be walking your talk um, very quickly before you um, start educating the rest of the world around you because people in this world are watching you, right? And they want to make sure that you're walking your talk. So, you know, the commitment number six around integrity and being impeccable around it, one thing that surprised me was for me, being a seven, it was a little more difficult to sustain it than I anticipated. But the payoff is, is just is, is wonderful. <laughs> That's great. Well, now you've sort of answered part of the next question, which is, if you were going to give feedback to other leaders who are interested in creating a more conscious culture, what would be your feedback? And it sounds like one would be walk your talk. One would definitely be walk your talk. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the other thing I would do, um, I would really encourage everybody in the organization to get involved, um, even outside of the organization, um, mm -hmm. To these events uh, and um, these meetings that are being created and are available to really practice and really uh, become more aware of it and also just meet such wonderful people. So uh, I'd encourage uh, people to do that sooner than later. Uh, I did that later, and I think that helps uh, get commitment and understanding uh, around uh, conscious leadership uh, and, and really just take hold of your organization. I just uh, quicker. So I just say do that first or do it sooner. Yeah. So are you suggesting when you say um, do that first, are you saying go to a training where you're meeting other people first or you're saying get everybody on the whole team involved first? Uh, so what I mean is once we're in, once you introduce it into the organization, um, there's other avenues outside of your organization that people can participate and get involved in. So I know, Jim and Diana, you guys have uh, these conscious leadership groups. You guys host um, events uh, in different, different areas across the country um, where people can do a 101 or 201 or 301 or a deep dive into uh, conscious leadership. Um, my My – my um, looking back, I would say I would want to take some of the people on my leadership team and get them more involved with these events outside of the organization. So mm. um, it's just extra support, right, to really get them uh, to accelerate their learning. Yes. So to come to an intensive where it's outside of the organization, you're meeting other people who are practicing in other companies right. and have a deep dive so that immersion experience can help ground that material more quickly. Correct. 
Yeah, and, I would add to that, that what you did, Peter, was you participated in a CLG forum, which is pretty intense commitment, four hours a month, two-day retreat, totally apart from being involved in your company. It was just a gathering of 10 other leaders that you participated in. And then there are several companies here in Chicago that have put a number of their executives in these outside forums that we lead where people can really practice with other leaders because it's a different experience practicing in your company with your leaders. There's a set of criteria and stakes that are involved when you do that versus being sitting in a circle once a month with 10 other leaders. So you did that as well. And uh, I think that's a great suggestion for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I mentioned that because that for me is where a lot of the transformation took place, that deep transformation mm-hmm. uh, and that experience um, that really helped me shift uh, was in those types of um, events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there is there's something that has to be said for letting yourself get deeply vulnerable um, outside of a work setting so that you can mm-hmm. embody the work uh, at a more vulnerable level. One of the things that I'm most appreciating is how much... Um, excitement there is among some of your team members to practice so much so that they're they're taking responsibility for practicing more on their own um i know that there was a group there's a group of people who've created a book club where they want to talk uh, about the content of the 15 commitments and i just love it that that kind of fire is getting ignited there no, it's a wonderful thing to see and it's uh it's just uh wonderful to hear people and and request to actually have meetings more frequent and longer. So it's it's great to see people uh, really appreciate it, and they're so thankful. Um, one, I've got, I get a lot of feedback around um, how much appreciation people have that I take the time and effort, and we take the time and effort to actually um, teach this and give them um, um, the conscious leadership experience. And they, 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 I can tell you, I think that's really setting us apart as an organization as well and helping shape our culture. Well, I am in deep, deep gratitude for your commitment, your ongoing, consistent commitment. Me too, Peter. It's a complete joy to uh, to be in a co-creative experience with you where we get to partner and play around bringing a sustainable consciousness around leadership into the world. And so thanks for being a full-on player in the big game. Well, I could tell you uh, the perspective that both of you have contributed to my life has been uh, uh, tremendously uh, impactful in a such a positive way. And again, I, I, you know, when I say game changing, it's been game changing for me. Uh, I've experienced a lot of personal and professional growth uh, that is really, I think, keeping uh, myself and the organization ahead of the game. So uh, I do have a, a deep appreciation for. Uh, all the time and effort that you guys have uh, spent with me, and I can tell you that uh, from the bottom of my heart, I just uh, I love you guys, and it's uh, it's been a wonderful experience and a journey, and uh, it's not one that's going to end. So um, <laughs> the journey I'm on for the long run. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, well, cheers. Yeah, thanks, great being thanks with every you. yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in, and if you want to learn more about 
um, what Peter and his team are doing with the 15 commitments, check out our newsletter. Bye, all.